notes from Nash. Today's guest is Rashab Garakhan. Rashab is a senior here at Vanderbilt University, majoring in political science and minoring in business and economics. Rish has been a research assistant at the Yale University Center for Business and the Environment, research assistant at Global Partnerships Forum, summer analyst at Co-Creation Partners, a student consultant at Vanderbilt SCNO, a summer business analyst at Trafline, and an intern with the Tampa Bay Rays. Rish will be working for McKenzie & Company as a consultant upon graduating. But most importantly, Rish is a very kind-hearted person and very genuine fun to be around. I had lots of fun speaking with him, and I'm sure you'll have lots of fun listening to him. Please enjoy my conversation with Rishab Garakhan. What is consulting? Well, there's like the colloquial answer. I don't know if that's the right word. There's like the there's like the answer of like, okay, like it's like, you know, telling someone who has uh it's like telling a person with a watch the time. Mm. So it's like in theory, it's like going into a company, going into a business and pretty much helping them um with a problem that they have. And like I guess the the reason why so many people tend to do it or like the reason why that's a lot of these companies are in such high demand is because of the fact that um, it's like, it's an external perspective mm. and that's like what a lot of companies appreciate. What's weird is that you're freshly out of college when you're like 22, 23, you have no working experience, but you're trusted to give advice to massive companies with a lot of assets and money. What, why is that okay? And why is that not okay? How does that work? So I think that um, obviously a lot of people say like, oh, like, yeah, like, like that, like idea of like being so young. But I think that one of the very interesting parts about it is that um, when you like, at least like based on my experience this summer, like just being an intern is that you're literally just like you're filling in kind of a little niche kind of in, in like a much bigger puzzle. So like you have like an, a hundred piece puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle and you as like a 20, 21, 22, 23 year old is like responsible for like three pieces of that puzzle. Um, and like, because of that, you kind of just own your own work stream and have a very good idea of like one very small part of the problem. Um, but it's the combination of all those puzzle pieces is, is, is like when this puzzle comes together and that's kind of where like your manager who's a little bit more older and has more experience or the partners and like the higher ups, I guess, like on the teams, that's where they kind of come in. But I think that a lot of these companies, they trust the reputation of the firms that they're hiring. And by that proxy, you're kind of trusting like the 23-year-olds that you're hiring. And the 21, 22, 23-year-olds who, who are working have such a grip on the data that they're working with. They understand the nitty-gritty of really what's going on. And I think that's kind of why um, it's able to be, like why these companies can trust someone of our ages. But- I mean, once again, like we are 21 or 22, like there's not, there's obviously a lot of room for growth. And I think that the nature of the job, it really throws you in and you really are forced to just learn like right off the bat. So what would separate, uh, that actually is a great answer. What would separate then uh, an older consultant from a younger one? Is there more responsibility? Are they filling a different niche? Yeah. I mean, I think that just like, as you get older, 
old as you get more and more experience like going back to this whole puzzle metaphor as you get as you get older and older and more experience like you just take on more pieces of that puzzle okay and i think that's like you just have more responsibilities but not even more responsibilities you just understand like the scope of things you understand the bigger picture a lot more as you get more experience yeah it's interesting because it also shows that kind of some of the problems that organizations as large as like NASA, Microsoft and Intel, they deal with are silly because they're interpersonal problems. They're just problems with people. And sometimes all it takes is a third party. And it doesn't even matter if you have a lot of experience. It's kind of like marriage there, uh, counseling. Like y'all are so stuck up in your own problems. You just need a third person to come in and say, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> y'all are doing this and this and this. And y'all aren't, and you're not even aware as a married couple because you're so tied up in like the, Small little details of your marriage. I mean, if anything, consulting might just be business therapy. I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're dealing with people, but like when you're dealing with like you know, pricing or you know, a M and A or something very crazy. Like yeah, like a lot of people they call it change management is the is the business therapy version of what they call it. Uh -huh. um, but this idea of change management is like you like you're completely changing like the, you know, identity DNA of a company, whether it's the people or the projects they're doing. And like, at the end of the day, like there are people involved. And like, like you said, like, you know, it's like a marriage, right? Like someone is, someone's been doing the same thing for like, you know, three years, four years, the same, like, you know, Excel shortcuts to get what they need to get done or the same sales procedures. And all of a sudden, like a company comes in and tells them like, mm, like not really sure about that. Like, and, and someone who completely is out of the picture so it's like this idea of trust is also like so interesting because like once again like I'm a 20 I'm 21 years old going into the workforce and like I could be talking to like a 48 year old exec who's been doing something for so long and here I am being like yeah like you know your processes like just like don't really work right. or like could be better um but yeah it's it's like once you get that third party in like it it truly can make a big difference yeah, a lot of consulting is about conflict resolution, and I'm sure that's something that you've thought about or have been trained to do at certain points in your uh, trajectory here at Vanderbilt and being a part of a business fraternity, et cetera. But I'm curious, how do you approach conflict resolution in your personal life when it comes to friends and romance, et cetera, and your family? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you ask any of my friends, I'm like a pretty non-confrontational person. Okay. Um, I like to avoid conflict when I can. Um but, like, I try my best not to really get into, like, fights. I, I mean, the only person who I really fight with, I guess, is my mom. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think that, like, it's a lot easier. Like, it, it's very easy to get, get defensive about something. Um, and I think that, like, if there's anything that I've learned, like, being a college student is that, like, when you're constantly surrounded by people, like, there's a, there's a point where someone's just going to, like, really piss you off. Um, and, like, I'm sure, like, you know, like, my sophomore year roommate is like one of my like really, really good friends, but you know what? Like we came at odds sometimes, right? You share yeah. a space with someone. Um, so I think like, I mean, this is like really corny and cliche, but like seriously, like once you like, like airing out your issues and like putting everything on the table and being like, this is, this is how I live. Like these are my expectations. Like for anything is I think the best way to avoid any sort of conflict and like conflict can be good. Like conflict can get out all these festering issues that might exist, but I think the best way to do it is like truly with like an open dialogue. So transparency and clarity. Yeah. It's hard because you don't want to be that guy who's like, here, here are my boundaries. Here are my rules. Here are my principles. 
You know, like I can get ticked off if you do this and that. It makes you seem kind of psychopathic. Mm-hmm. You want to be subtle, right? You want to be like the charming guy who like doesn't get mad about <laughs> anything. And that makes you really attractive as a person, but also you do run in that problem. What I'm the same way. Like I don't like confrontation at all. Like I mean, I would do anything else but confront somebody. Um but it does make it can make your life really miserable is what I've learned. Yeah, it really can. And and it like t- it kind of it kind of sucks to be a people pleaser, right? Yeah. Right. And like I mean, we're both Yousefters, like <laughs> like, like <laughs> right. there 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 can be a lot of like people pleasing sure. in the types of things that we do. Um and like that's been something I've been trying to work on. Like I know I'm a people pleaser. Like right. I think it's one of my biggest weaknesses as a person. Mm. Um just because I care right. so much about, you know, like what other not like like I care about the outwards my outward perception and like you know like to the point where like it, it kind of does suck to be a people pleaser right? yeah yeah like, yeah yeah um but yeah it's not it's it's you know it's not like it's not like I like go about my everyday life being like oh like who can I help today but it's right. like when like people like need help like I, I like I love to help people I actually was so one of my older friends he was a senior when i was a freshman here so mm. and so he graduated he was class of 2021 um he was in town so i actually just um grabbed like some food with him earlier today and he was telling me he was like well like the number one resource that you have is your own time mm. um and in, like the 24 hours you have throughout the day like obviously eight of those hours are you know sleeping and then that gives you 16 more hours in the day to like do whatever you want with that time. Um, and I think that as someone who is a self-proclaimed people pleaser, like I know I am, like I feel like I sometimes spend too much of those 16 hours doing things for other people. Mm. Stretching yourself then. Yeah, I get I get that. And funny thing, I, I definitely agree with that. I almost enjoy like being around other people. It's probably also related to being extroverted, et cetera. But I've, I've actually really worked on that a lot. What I've learned is, is when I like tell people like what I actually think when they ask me like, do I look good in this, etc. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm not trying to be rude, but like if I actually tell people like what I think when they're asking my opinion, the genuineness is appreciated long term than is the superficiality in the short term. And so it's like you're making an investment. You're saying, okay, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna put myself in a position where I could probably be seen as a bad person now. But in the long term, yeah. they're going to come back to me for some advice because I'm going to give them the truth. And so that's really hard for me to still wrap my mind around. But it makes sense, right? People will appreciate genuineness, but not to the point where you're like someone who's like, yeah, you suck. Like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, there's always there's always subtlety. There's always the finesse. But that's what I've learned. It's all about the finesse. It it's is. always all about the finesse. Always is. But, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like, sometimes giving people, like, the straight and honest truth is just like the best thing. Right. For them. Yeah. And it hurts that the truth sometimes hurts, but right. I think like that just what you got to tell people sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes I dance around the truth a little bit too much. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Me too. But I, I, I need to, I need, I think the next podcast, I think I need to interview you and <laughs> I need to learn these strategies of how to give good, good advice to people. Cause like, you know, the coach, there's a reason why the coach doesn't play in the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's flattering. I'm curious, should your passion lie inside your career or outside of it? What do you think about like people who say, do the thing you love when you're choosing your major, your job? Do you think that's that's viable? Or do you think it's more rewarding to kind of have a job that sustains you and, you know, 
you can go play soccer in your free time or do one v one or write books, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, that's a great question, um, and I think my answer might sound a little ironic given that I'm doing something that probably isn't like my true passion in life, which is not crunching Excel spreadsheets. But um, <laughs> I think that the, the the dream is is where your passion is your job. That's the dream. Um, this guy, the same guy who I saw earlier today, he actually he uh, he went to Duke for his master's in like environmental policy or something. He's like super impressive. Mm. Um, and um, he like goes to like all like the COP conferences, like the UN ones about climate change. Uh-huh. Um, and so he went to a conference in, I think in Egypt maybe. Um, and he met uh, the CEO of Royal Caribbean, like the cruise company. And long story short, uh, he's now working at Royal Caribbean in a position that he created himself doing ESG them so for him he's like he's combined like his passion with his career like his passion is his career and like in a job that's like literally perfect for him but i mean i think that for the like that's the dream right but i think for the most of us like like you obviously always need to find some time for yourself but i think to some degree like like people like it it sucks to say this but i feel like the realistic nature of things is like if you want to like you know like you need to have something to put food on the table Mm. like after you graduate and like it doesn't need to be like consulting it can be tech or finance or law or policy like whatever it is but i think like whatever you do like i don't think that it's fair for you or the company you work for to just sell yourself away whatever you do like like obviously you need like a means to an end but like still you should always have some time for your passions and i think like that's the beauty of like working in consulting where it's like you're on a project for six weeks to eight weeks to whatever, 12 weeks max. And then you're moving on to another project. And by the time you learn more and more about what's out there in the world, you find like a niche that really like works for you. Mm. Um, and I think that's like, and I think at that point after you do that random walk, as they call it, like you really do understand what, like what is your niche? Like what really makes your wheels turn? And I think at that point, then your passion becomes your career. You said crunching Excel sheets isn't your passion, which is shocking, but what is your actual passion? Well, if I had to give you what my, my dream is, where where I wish I could see myself in like okay. the next sure. 10 to, nah, that's, that's too early. In the next 20 years, uh, my dream would be to open a restaurant at some point. Oh. Um, yeah, I like, so I love to cook. It's like my favorite thing in the oh world today. Oh my God, today. I wish I have you over. Yeah, no, <laughs> like you totally can. I'm, I'm, I, so like I'm actually doing my immersion project. Um, I still need to get it approved, but my immersion project is actually going to be making like a recipe book okay. or a cookbook of things that I've cooked. Uh-huh. Um, and so like my ultimate dream goal would be to open a restaurant with my brother um, that only serves breakfast oh. so that you'd have like the whole rest of your day to yourself. Wow. And I think breakfast food is like the best thing in the world. Wow. Um, I actually, my senior year yearbook quote was like, the nicest thing you can do for someone is to like make them breakfast or something. Wow. It's an Anthony Bourdain quote, rest in peace. Oh, rest, um, yeah. Rest in peace. But I want to open a restaurant and, uh, I, I, I need to find my way to get there. Wow. What are you going to cook? What is it going to be? You have a name? Oh, these are the big questions. Yeah, I, they are. <laughs> I, ha- I have, I have no idea actually. Okay. Um, but breakfast, I, w- I just want to cook okay. breakfast, man. Okay. It's good to know. So you should definitely come over and cook breakfast for us sometime. That'll be great. Then we'll rate it for you. So. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, 
that came out of nowhere. I'm I'm shocked actually. I would I but like now that I think of it, I would love to open a restaurant too. I would. I'm a dinner person. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like breakfast. I'm sorry to tell you. Too that. early. Yeah. I mean, like I want to wake up. I want to like go on a walk. Then we'll do lunch, and then we'll do dinner. Dinner's a nice time. You know, we'll watch the sunset together. That sort of thing. But anyways, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. What makes for a good consultant? Ooh, let's see. Um, you just have to be a sponge, man. Like literally able, like someone who just wants to keep learning, um, like learning and curiosity. Like that's what makes a good consultant. I mean, obviously, like you need to, you know, you know, be hardworking and motivated, and you know, get your get your stuff done on time and take the initiative and all those like basic things. But I think what separates the good from the great, at least in the four months or three months where I worked. Um, was like the people who are really good are the people who are intellectually curious mm. and are always like learning new skills or talents and or tools that they could use in their everyday lives. So I'm curious. I feel like there are definitely people, and this is definitely you, who are naturally more inclined to understand other people quicker. Like they, they can just kind of get the essence of you. Like they understand what makes you tick. And there's other people who just, they never get it, Right. Yeah. I wonder, is this, do you think it's natural? Is it like innate ability or is this something you work on? Um, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it, it, I think it is, I mean, I think it's a combination of both, right? Like some people I think are people, 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 I guess. Yeah. Um, and some people are, are, are not. And, but I think that it is a very learnable skill in the point where it's like, I think it's all like it's not like I don't think that this it's a skill that you pick up in a book or right. a textbook. Maybe you can watch videos, but I think like the best learning is like learning by doing and like like the more time you spend with someone like or like the more time you spend spend with anyone, like you just kind of start to learn their like habits. And I think like understanding like, you know, and I think like that's where like this whole idea of like empathy kind of comes into things where it's like Everyone has stuff going on in their lives, whether they give it off or not. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think that the most important thing is like, if you observe, if like observing someone and like understanding, like, oh, like my friend is like not in a good mood because based off like how he's talking or based on what he's saying, like, like understanding those things can like really make a difference in someone's life. Like, if, if like you, taking the time to be like, oh, like this, my friend is upset and like, I'm going to really help him out today. And I think like, that's just like, that comes with like, that, that's like an intentional choice you're making to be like, I'm actively, actively wanting to look at someone and like find a way to make their day better. So I'd say like my guiding philosophy in life is, I know I'm rambling, but my, my guiding philosophy in life, I feel like is, like I want to leave most interactions I have with people. Like I want to leave all interactions I have with people with like the other person smiling or the other mm. person being like, hmm, like I'm glad that I t- I talked to him today. Um, and that's kind of like something that you know keeps my wheels turning. And I think that it's it's hard because mm. um, now we're running right back to the people pleasing, right? Like right, it's hard. Right. But I think that you know I love to read people and I I love to like. I love to be the reason why someone is smiling today. Um, and that is kind of like, and that is a learnable thing you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is I was in the 2301 line. 
and there was a freshman, and I was just like, hey, well, like, what's up? Like, is this the smoothie line? Because I hadn't ever gotten a smoothie from there. And really? Yeah. They're pretty bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a meal plan anymore, thank God. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till I don't have to have a meal plan. Because they but, fleece you. Yeah, they do. Oh, my God. Oh, you can say that. Oh, come on. It's a free speech. No. <laughs> no but, First uh, Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but – and. We were talking, I was getting to know uh, this freshman, and he was like, I was like, you got any questions? Like, you got anything you want to ask? And he's like, very eagerly, like, yeah, like, how do I make friends? I'm like, that's interesting. Like, I didn't realize, like, and I'm not trying to be like a jerk. Like, there are people who, like, they don't know how to go about dealing with people because they're so worried. They're, like, anxious. And it's almost like this love for people. They love people, but they don't know how to get out there and kind of, like, dip their fingers in the pool. Like, they don't know how to, like, talk. So, like, what advice would you give to somebody like that? I'm curious. Um, well, to every anxious freshman, um, like I said earlier, like, everyone is going through something. Even the people who, like, appear to be quote-unquote perfect, like, no one is perfect. Everyone has something, something going on. Um, I think, like, you just have to be yourself. Mm. I think it's, like, the best advice I can give to anyone. Like, especially like on a college campus, like it's, you just need to be yourself because there's always someone for some, like there's a person for everyone on this campus, I think, yeah. like regardless of yeah. your interests. And I think that like everyone also always is looking for friends. Like no one is ever like, like I'm a senior, like I like have made some of the best friends of my life here, but like there's never a point of me, which is like, I'm done meeting people. Like, we met this year, we're friends, and, like, I'm so glad that we met. Like, Hell yeah. And it's, like, that, like, that's, I think, that most students on this campus are, like, I want to meet as many people as I can. So if you are in that position, like, well, like, reach out to Farouk. You <laughs> definitely want to meet some more people, but <laughs> reach out to, reach out to like, you know, orgs you're interested in. Like, go and, like, talk to people and talk to the people in your classes. Like, there's a chance that someone is interested in something you're in. Um, and if someone isn't willing to make the first bridge like you can make that bridge yourself like if anything like you're just going to become more confident when you do these types of things um so follow your passions while you're here but don't be afraid to make that first step and that leap of faith because you know like that leap of faith could allow you to find like your best friend or your soulmate or lord knows what yeah so just jump take that risk that was beautiful no because that's very that's very keen of you to point out that no one's not trying to make a friend, right? Like, there's no one, there's not like a limit. Like, that's what I feel like people who are socially anxious think that someone's going to be like, no, I don't want to be your friend. Like, I'm done. People, there's green lights out there. People want to keep making friends, especially at Vanderbilt. I feel like Vanderbilt's a very extroverted campus. And so that was, that was nice. I think the freshmen listening will be very glad to hear that. Just take that leap. Just take that leap. It's the, it's the hardest thing you can do, but. It's the most rewarding thing you can do as well. Oh, yeah. Like like most things in life, for sure. Yeah. Nothing comes easy in this world. No such thing as a free lunch. Agree or disagree? Agree. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Absolutely. But that also opens up, I don't know if you mean that economically or in general. I mean, I was saying in general. In general, absolutely. I mean, nothing. Everything has costs and benefits. That's right, exactly what exactly. you're Yeah, yeah. I mean, economically, sure. We can talk about the supply chain and all that stuff. <laughs> that might be a whole other can of worms. That is a different can of worms, yeah. But... No, yeah, I agree. I think every if once you start analyzing life and costs and benefits, you become far more rational. But again, different conversation. But, but I uh, think that's when you 
that's when when everything becomes so calculated and where's the spice of life no i absolutely agree i've i've been talking to some i was talking to somebody about this it's like you need some impulsivity in your life like you really do like chaos is what makes life interesting you know it's the texture of life chaos yeah i think we i think everything is just chaotic around us and we try and rationalize chaos oh beautiful that's all we do i love that i can work with that definition of reality that's awesome <laughs> oh wow that was good um so going back i'm sorry with all those consulting questions mm, don't worry about it. last one but how does a freshman who's interested in consulting become one because um, by God, there's so many. So yeah, I mean, I think that I have the same answer to like all your questions. Okay. Um, but um, which you haven't. You've given me different answers. So oh, well, yeah. they sound pretty similar. But yeah, no, no, they're different. Um, I'll say that um, talk to people. Um, that's number one. Um, find people on this campus who do things you care about. Um, and whether that's consulting or whether that's finance or whether that's you know Vandy Run Club or the skating club or Whatever it is, find people, find the people who do things you're interested in, because if there's a path you want to do at the school, there's a great chance that it's already been done by someone who's on this campus. Um, two, there are wonderful student orgs that do all sorts of business related stuff. So I'm in a business fraternity called DSP. Um, there's AKSI, there's Phi Chi Theta, I yeah, think. I think so. The new yeah. one. Um, and then also, obviously, you have um, SCNO, you have Rem and Company, and I just saw actually the Vanderbilt Consulting Club, they I think they're brand new, but they yeah. were offering free Hattie B's, which was like pretty fire. Um, but yeah, there are all these orgs, like join them and take some time like every day and just like read the news, like sign up for like the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, which we get for free through Vandy and just like sign up for like the morning report uh, that they send every day and just skim it and like understand what's going on in the world, find things you care about. Um, and then like, once, like, you know, then, like, Handshake becomes your best friend um, once you become a sophomore to find jobs. Um, I also, another plug, I ran this thing called the Vanderbilt Consulting Academy, actually, um, with two of my other friends. Um, and it, it just gets passed down year to year um, to people who are, like, interested in consulting. And we recruit a cohort of about 30 juniors. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're a junior, uh, if you're a freshman listening to this, like, that's definitely something you can pursue. But three-step solution right now as a freshman the, the, like talk to people you care talk to, talk to people who are interested and involved in the same things that you care about but also like you really want make sure like you keep your gpa strong but then also like enjoy being in college because next thing you know you blink and you're a senior um and finding a job is obviously important but you know making these relationships and connections that you'll find in college are invaluable it's it's so important awesome Describe Vanderbilt in one word. Well, let's say describe Vanderbilt, what Vanderbilt means to you in one word. Home. Mm. What do you mean by that? So, okay, the reason why I bring this up is because you were a transfer student, or no, not transfer, you were a study abroad student, right, last yeah. year? And then you came back, and you're now a VU Scepter as a senior, and you the, one of the reasons you mentioned was because you want to kind of have that freshman experience because that was COVID. It sounds like you're a big Vanderbilt fan. Why are you a big Vanderbilt fan? Um, I mean, I think that this place just means so much to me. Um, and it's, it's, it's the people at the end of the day, it's the people I've made some of the best friends in my life here. I've had some of the best experiences I could ever ask for. I've learned so much. I've met the most amazing professors, um, been in this, this city that I 
take for granted every single day that mm. people come people come for weeks to come see Nashville right. um and I but like at the end of the day like it is it's the people um and like I have so much to owe to this campus like friend wise like community wise like learning wise and I think that the resources that are out there for students here like in four years like I've tried my best to really that make the most of the tuition money that I yeah. that, that gets paid um but you never will like it's impossible the school offers so much and you just need to like jump in and tap into all that but like I, I'm gonna leave this place and you know nine months or whatever with like forever friends like mm -hmm. people who like will be like my best man that's awesome after my weddings and, and like like it's the people man that's awesome that that's very exciting to hear about actually because like having friends that you can say that you'll have for life it's i mean it's not something anybody experiences out of middle school or high school the fact that you said that about vanderbilt that says something for sure yeah and you know to everyone who's listening and is like, I've not found my people yet. Like you will find your people. Yeah, yeah. You will find your people. For sure. It's impossible for you not to given how much diversity there is on this campus. Yeah. hundred percent. What is one piece of advice you would give to Vanderbilt administration for the coming years? And you are in a position to do it. Don't say you're not. So. Hmm. One piece of advice I would give to the Vandy administration. Um, Keep investing in your students. Mm. Um, keep making these resources and opportunities available for all your students. And that that's inside and outside the classroom. Inside the classroom, like, you know, keep providing the stellar education and research opportunities and, you know, allowing us to use a podcast space that we can, like, you know, do all sorts of cool stuff in. But, like, keep investing in your students outside the classroom. Like, make your students be involved in the Nashville community. Like, you know, allow them to go to, like, predators games and you know like explore the ryman or go to the grand old opry like you know like we have this unbelievable opportunity that we're in the city and like the school just needs to keep investing in the community and by investing in the community like you're gonna allow like your students to really tap into the community as well and like the education is not like you only get so much out of a classroom like you learn so much like just like, in the world and like that was like that like that's the reason why I went abroad, like to learn mm. outside of a classroom and you learn so much about yourself and like the things that you can do and like what you expect of yourself and like how to be an adult and how to take the tram every morning to class, like what to do when it's snowing outside and like you're trying to take the tram and you're going to be late for class, like, like real life problems, like that's how you learn and grow as a person. Like, mm. and the school just needs to like keep giving students opportunities to invest in themselves and grow in and outside the classroom. Do you think they're doing that right now? Or is there something you I mean, I think that I think that they are doing it right now. Um the school does have a lot of resources that are so available to students. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just a matter of like finding them. Sure. So yeah. but I think like you can always do more. I wish I, I wish that that Vandy invested in the Nashville community and like created those natural bridges where like, for example, like I know that Vandy like I think Vandy students could go to like the, like the Af the National Museum of African American Music or something. The yeah, new one on Broadway, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. go for free because Vandy invested in it. Right. Like, like as a big like VUMC, you know, is the biggest employer in like the city of Nashville. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and like for the biggest employer in the city of Nashville, like Nashville, I, like I wish that they like just invested more in things that, like I wish that they they invested 
and more in things that like students really cared about. Mm. Like I'm really happy that we're like a sunscreen campus or whatever. Like, like I saw something in my email today about how like the school really is like, we're now like, uh, we recognize like skin diseases as like really important, but like, okay, great. But like, why don't you go out into the community and like, you know, like a lot of students really care about like, you know, like the predators, like why can't Vandy, you know, do something with the predators, have like a right. program with them. Um, I think like the school just needs to like, you know, really f make avenues for students to really work in the national community a little bit easier. It uh, sounds like you want like, like the ideal experience for students both to have like that in-class rigor, but also have like ways to engage in the world meaningfully. And we kind of lack some of those avenues and we should, that's awesome. I love that because I think, I think I absolutely agree as a freshman, I was like one of the only people who had a car. And that, the reason why I brought my car was because I did not want to be the one guy just studying all day. I mm -hmm. wanted to go out there. I wanted to go fishing. <laughs> I wanted to go check out the rivers. I wanted to go to the Opry mill. I wanted to do all of it. And if we can help Vandy students do that and help them appreciate not just the campus, but their greater surroundings, the community, the state, the country, et cetera. Like that's like, a far more meaningful life for sure. Oh, 1 million percent. And I like, they like, okay, this is not to say the school doesn't do things. Like, sure. There no. are, there are opportunities. Of Absolutely. course. Um, like, but I don't think the opportunities are as well publicized as they should be. Like, you know, like if you like, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot of this during the view scepter training, but it's like, <laughs> if there's like something that like you like want to do and like you can't afford it, like if you go to the financial aid office, like I'm fairly certain they can give you like a lift code or whatever uh -huh, right. to like make things cheaper to like, you know, yeah, like, that like but people just don't like know about that right and i think there's a reason why people don't know about it because yeah. like if everyone knew then like maybe it might not be possible yeah. but the school has the resources to make everything they do available for every single person on this campus yeah wow what's the endowment now like five billion yeah it's, it's <laughs> i uh did you know that the tuition accounts for only 17 percent of all income at harvard so basically what? yeah oh yeah so when people make the claim the private school shouldn't have tuition, it's not that crazy when you think about it. But, um, yeah, tuition does only a small fraction of the actual income these universities make. Um, <laughs> it's crazy wow. to think about. Um, when you think about when you're dead, what do you want people to think about? Like, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want? So when somebody says rich, like, what do you want them to think about about you? Um, I mean, I want them to think about me as someone who like, who made them happy, who made them smile, who was a friend who could be there for them. Um, that's, that's kind of like what, oh, and someone who cooks really good food. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I want to add that one in, but I, I think that like, I want to be someone who like when I die, like I want like my life to like, I want it to be like a celebration of like who I was. Mm. Like not like obviously like it'll be sad you know hopefully, hopefully some people are sad, um, <laughs> but like I think that my my like pursuit of happiness yeah. is like is like you know being of being being a friend to people and like making a difference in someone's life, um, and like that comes back to like why I'm like why I'm a VU after like why I'm involved in this campus because it's like even like you're like you know we talk to like you know dozens of people every single day yeah and. Suppose you speak to, you know, 100 people in a day for simplicity of numbers. Right. Um, and that means that you have, like, 
you talk to 700 people over the course of the week, right? Like, give or take. Like, right. obviously, like, right. maybe the number's higher or lower, but probably low. Definitely, actually, definitely much lower because you talk to the same people. Sure. Um, okay, yeah, that number's really high. <laughs> that number's really we'll high. We'll stick with the analogy. Let's, let's, Ripples. Let's say 500, right? Okay. And, like, let's say, like, out of the 500 conversations or people that you have, like, five of them make a difference. Like, five of them, you know, that's... One percent, right? Right. One percent of your conversations are like, you know, really like could save someone's life, mm. and the other ninety nine like might be nonsense. But it's like, if like in a group, for example, in a group of eighteen like, Bioseptis, like if I can, you know, hopefully all eighteen like you know really appreciate like the school and like you know Vandy's resources after the whole semester. But it's like, if I can like change someone's trajectory at Vandy. Um, and make them go from a place where they wanted to transfer to a place where they can be like, wow, like I can call this place home. Like that's like, if it's one person or two people, maybe three, if I'm really good at my job, but who knows? Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I want to be remembered as. Like, like the reason someone stayed, the reason why someone didn't want to leave somewhere, the reason why, like, 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 I can think of someone who changed my life, like my sophomore year RA ish. She's like literally like my guardian angel. Uh -huh. um, she like has been there for me like every step of my journey since I met her as a sophomore. Um, and like, if she's listening, like she knows that she has changed my life, and she like is so responsible for the person I am. Like she's a very big reason like I'm who I am today. Hmm. Yeah, I can. I would ditto that for sure. I don't really think about that, but like now that I'm thinking of it, it's like, why the hell am I doing VUCEPT without any pay, et cetera, all these hours? It's like controversial. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's next up on the hustler for sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, even if it's one person out of my 19 kids, like, or sorry, 19 VUCEPTIs, um, <laughs> who can like just take something I said, something from the guest speakers, something like that's that's pretty damn worth it. So, yeah. What is the meaning of life, Rish? I feel like everyone asks this question and no one has an answer. What did I say earlier? The rationality of chaos. Okay, tell me about that. Tell me about that, actually, really. Well, I mean, everything is so unpredictable and so confusing and our lives are so short relatively in, like, the blip of time. Like, in the span of time, like, all we are is just, like, a drop of water in the ocean. Um I think the meaning of life is like it, it's it's like it's the people you meet along the journey. Like it's it's like in this chaotic, you know, everything swirling around all the time like it's about like the glue that kind of holds everyone everything together and like that's the rationality of it all. Like making sense of like everything going around you with people you care about. That should be meaning of life oh yeah i get that it's like there's like a fragility to it all it's like how is it all working it's like it's because of these people around me it's because of these certain experiences i've had it's keeping me grounded without it it's like whoa what the hell is this yeah like you can never do life without the people you care about yeah. like 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 it's like it's like it's always people over place for me oh wow yeah like i mean okay like place is important like sure but like i would like i mean you know, like, I don't need to go to, like, the fanciest restaurant in the world with my best friends if I can just, like, eat turkey sandwiches in, on our on our balcony. Right. Or, like, in the park. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously those experiences are great, but it's, like, 
I mean, I just like the people are what make everything around you. Yeah. Like it makes the the sun shine brighter every day. Like it make it makes the lights feel a little bit warmer. Like like being around good company like is is unmatched in terms of the effect it can have on like you and like your body and how you feel. Um and like I like that's like what I have to thank the school for. Like just like the people that I've met are just like unbelievable, so talented, so intelligent, embody like they care about thing they they're passionate about the things they care about. They want to make a difference in the world. But at the same time, like we can sit down and just like be like complete morons and idiots together and do the dumb things that college students do. Mm. Um and like that's what it's all about, I think. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Rish. This is a fantastic conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed it too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um this was this was awesome. Yeah, I I love I, I love talking about talking. I just love I talking. I, I love, love talking too. And I love talking to you too. Yeah, we should. We should do it Amazing. again. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for joining us. As you can tell, we both had fun. Hopefully you had fun too and you learned something uh, useful for your life and for your business-oriented life and consulting and whatnot. Next week, I'll be having my conversation with Professor Talese, which will be lots of fun, so please tune in. Uh, But for now, that's all I have for y'all, and y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank y'all.